Uh, okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM. Arizona's sports station. Live from the Auction Community Studios on this Wednesday morning, it is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, I just flashed the baseball playoff brackets up on uh, SportsCenter on one of these TVs. Well, it is October. Done. It is October, is it not? Here we go. The best sports month in the history of sport, period. We all know that. Undeniable. October. Undeniable. Playoffs start Friday, I believe. D-backs last game is today. Obviously, football's going. College football's going. Hockey starts next week for the Coyotes. Basketball starts the week after that for the Suns. And once again, baseball. For anyone who loves the game of baseball, uh, baseball on display in October like never before because this is the one month month where the pace of the game actually works in its favor. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing, nothing in a tight game, a tight playoff game in baseball like a 12-pitch at-bat is there now. Uh, that Aaron Judge home run last night, that was... Uh, that was pretty cool, yeah, too. I, I just saw an interview with the guy who had the... Or not an interview, but like a quick conversation with the guy who caught the ball. And like, hey, what are you doing with that ball? So like, I uh, went to college with his wife. Did you really? I did. So is his wife really? Because I saw something where his wife was on The Bachelor. And she was. Okay, wow. Wow. Okay. All she right. was. We've connected all these She dots. did get kicked off the first night, but <laughs> she was on how The Bachelor. You, okay, how did he get kicked off? I mean, what what? What I don't happens? watch The Bachelor. I'm what sorry. Do you, yeah, what happens, so, Mel? I mean, you know, the first night of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, you know, you get 25 single people coming in, and then I think you have to narrow it down to, I believe, like, Oh, so when you say she got oh, kicked okay. off, she got cut. Basically. She got cut the first night. Yeah. Oh, okay, there you go. I, I thought you meant she got like thrown off the show for <laughs> oh, doing no. something. No. <laughs> well, either way. That's what I thought, too. You know, she did something wrong. No. See, you, hey, is, you, you shot it, and you're gone. This is why Wolf could never watch The Bachelor, because they do they have like a Turk on The Bachelor who comes by and says, you're yeah. out, I'm sorry, give us your playbook? I think I could be the Turk, though. I think I could, could actually you? do that. On The right Bachelor or for I an was, NFL team? No, 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 no. I would not be the Turk. I'd be a horrible Turk for an NFL okay, team. Okay, but on The Bachelor. For The Bachelor? Hey, hey, you, get out of there. You're, you're gone. <laughs> I would pay. I would. I would one hundred percent watch The Bachelor if Wolf was walking I around saying, not, "You're out." I would not do that. Oh, that'd be great. We got to make this happen somehow. All right. Yeah. Uh, on to football, which I'm very excited about this game this Sunday. But now, not quite as excited as Wolf being the Turk on The Bachelor. Wolf playing the only undefeated team left in the NFL, which in itself is crazy because we're only four weeks into the season that there's only one uh, undefeated team left. But it is the Philadelphia Eagles and. I, if this game wasn't at home, I would feel actually oddly really good about the Cardinals. This seems like the sort of game they might step up and win. We'll get into their side of things uh, throughout the, the show today, tomorrow, uh, and Friday, certainly. But let's start with the Eagles, because I'm guessing a lot of people really haven't seen more than just highlights of them. What is making this team so good this year? Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing, man. The similarities right now, um, the offense for the Philadelphia Eagles is really what makes this team so dangerous. They are really, really good. The offense, of course, led by Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts, 
This is a guy, four-game sample size going on right now. Now, once again, I don't want to make it sound like the Philadelphia Eagles have played the toughest four games in the National Football They have not. They have not. But yet, at the same time, you can only play who you play. You can only play your schedule. And through four games right now, Jalen Hurts looks like the real deal. And I did not see that based on his season last year and the question marks surrounding him. He has taken a massive step forward. And you know what? Other than this weekend, I'm rooting for this kid because I love this kid. Yeah. I love what he brings to the field and I love his mentality. Uh, I hope it goes well for him. Yet I hope he throws five picks at State Farm Stadium. <laughs> I hope it goes well for him, but just not this week. And you know what? To be fair, he's He's already had a good game against the Cardinals. Remember his rookie year? He came out and threw for 338 yards and three touchdowns. That was kind of like his highlight of his Yeah, but his like first anything, year. consistency is what I'm talking about. And he has really been consistent this year. He has. Um, if you are wondering who the Eagles have played, it was Detroit in week one, a three point win, 38 35. That seems to be every Detroit game. They lose by three in the high 30s Their or 40s. This must be just absolutely. I, I, I have not seen them play. They just must be awful. It, I, I really wish they had continued hard knocks. They should do. They should do like the first two or three weeks with whatever team they do in the offseason because Dan Campbell behind the scenes, his head must just be exploding that they can't play any defense at all. No, his eyes are exploding, not That's his true. head. Well, some, either way. There are tears <laughs> running down his face. I, I would still want to see it. Uh, they beat Minnesota in week two, 24-7. That was that awful Monday night game that wasn't quite as awful as the other Monday night game when Buffalo was uh, destroying somebody when they had two Monday night games. They beat Washington 24-8, to and they beat uh, Jacksonville this past week 29-21. I kind of think Jacksonville's good, but Jacksonville fumbled the ball four times in, in that game. Um, 16 sacks, Wolf, from yeah, the Eagles this season. Right, 16, man. They're so good. You watch them on tape, and their ability to get after the passer is huge. It's, it's very interesting because the Philadelphia Eagles are built basically like the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas, City Chiefs. <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs, you think of the Kansas City Chiefs base earnings, what do you think of this high-powered offense, of course, and Patrick Mahomes? Okay, you've got Jalen Hurts with a prove-it mentality because, again, it's a meritocracy, the National Football League. He's got a lot he's got to prove. He's, he's not Patrick Mahomes. I'm not saying that he is, but he's playing like that right now. Their offense is a juggernaut. They can run it, they can throw it, they score points, and their defense has been built to actually defend the pass. And because of that, it reminds me of the Kansas City Chiefs when they were really, really good, like winning Super Bowl. Good. Um, here's Cliff Kingsbury yesterday talking about Jalen Hurts. He's tremendous. I, I told our staff, I mean, he's one of the best decision makers in the, the league as far as um, where to go with the football, when to throw it, when to tuck it, when to you know make plays. And he's always been a winner. I mean, I remember recruiting him in high school and um, just legendary work ethic, whether it was in high school or at Alabama or now at Philly, you hear stories of how late he's there and how hard he's working, and it pays off. I mean, he's a tremendous talent. Uh, they've done a great job building that offense around him, great O-line, great skilled position players, and, and he's really operating at a high level. I feel like Cliff recruited every player in the NFL in high school to college except Tom Brady. It really, it's like every time we do the like draft coverage, it's like, oh yeah, they, they Cliff actually uh, recruited this guy when he was at Texas Tech, or Cliff had this guy at Texas Tech, or this or that. I didn't realize. Also, Jalen Hurts, you can put on that list too. You could definitely build a, a, an All Pro team at the NFL level of guys Cliff recruited in yeah, in college, right? 
He knows Tom Brady, though. He does. <laughs> he does. You know, that's what's so fascinating. He actually, doesn't he go to the Derby with him every year? The, the group of quarterbacks that actually hang out uh, together? we got to ask him next Monday. Yeah, you know, it's, um, that's really, really interesting. But, yeah, it's Cliff Kingsbury knows everybody for the most part. And Jalen Hurts is just one other guy right now that has a connection with Cliff Kingsbury and Jalen Hurts. I'm so proud of this kid. He's playing at an incredibly high level. The Eagles, because of Jalen Hurts, the ability to run the ball, a dual-threat quarterback, if there ever was, and throw the ball now, especially you're talking about the likes of Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Yeah, nothing like a receiver who won the Heisman. Yeah, no, he's he's got weapons. You got Miles Sanders as your running back right now. They are they are so good offensively. They get up on you, and then all of a sudden their defense surrounds you. Excellent pass rush. They got three guys that can get after the quarterback really, really good. Oh, yeah, led by Hassan Reddick. There's more on the line here, too, this weekend, Wolf, if you're a Cardinals fan. Um, and I'm going to play this clip from Nick Sirianni talking about playing the Cardinals, but also expecting some of his own fans here in uh, in Glendale. We're playing a team, a, a playoff team from last year that, you know, 2-2 two and two right now, and we know that what they're capable of. They're, this is a good football team with good players and good coaching. And so, anytime you play a good football team with good players and good coaching, you know you got to be on your A game and then obviously being on the road as well you know you're gonna have to handle different elements the trip and the crowd noise but i'm betting i'm guessing there's gonna be some green in this that stand uh welcoming welcoming us there okay two things one i hate that opposing coaches now expect to have fans at road games in arizona that's a whole different conversation they do two uh the eagles are a fun story and and they are a fun team to watch but if you are a Cardinals fan, if you live here in the Valley, just ask yourself this. If the Eagles go to the Super Bowl, are you ready for a bunch of angry, potentially, or at least drunken Eagles fans here in February for the Super Bowl? So I think the Eagles are a team you don't want in the Super Bowl if you're okay. in Arizona. You're just a, so, I don't want a, Eagles fans taking over, the a bunch of Philly fans taking over this city in February. Yeah, okay. Oh, I see what you're saying right there. But why would they be angry? They're out here. Well, I assume they're going to lose to Buffalo. So. Oh, no. <laughs> They're going to get to the Super Bowl. You're pretty, okay. I get, They're going to be angry going on Monday. Just forget about it, Luke. <laughs> um, once again, the dynamic is so similar. They get up on you, and then they let this defense get after you. They have Basin Ernie's four guys right now. Four guys, 16 sacks. You mentioned it. They're number two in sacks per attempt in the National Football League, which is a good gauge. It's a good gauge as to the kind of pressure you're actually getting uh, per attempt. They've got four guys that are on pace right now for double-digit sacks. Four. (laughs) I mean, Brandon, Brandon Graham... You got Fletcher Cox. Oh, Fletcher. Fletcher, Fletcher, Fletcher. Fletcher Cox as a three technique lined up on the inside, shading the outside shoulder of a guard. That's Fletcher Cox, one of the best interior pass rushers in the National Football League. You got Josh Sweat. He's got two and a half sacks. And then you got Hassan Reddick. It's just they got four guys on pace for double-digit sacks, man. Hassan Reddick with three and a half sacks. And and to finish answering your question from before, why would Philly fans be angry if they were in the Super Bowl? Yeah. 
Because they're Philly fans oh, and they're I always see. angry. Well, that's true. Uh, week five of Bix Picks is underway. Text pick to 620-620 to sign up and compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners are going to receive an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to Cold Beers and Cheeseburgers. So text pick to 620-620 to enter. All right, when we come back, the Suns are preaching a different mentality this preseason. What does it tell us about their team? It's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. I'm having trouble trying to sleep. Uh, this is the day. I just wanted to say it before you said it because you always say it if it's a band from 1996 or later. I love this song right here. Seriously, this is one of the green day tunes that I absolutely love. The way he just said that right there. Here we go. This is a good one. the ball out. Anybody? Here we go. Oh, look, everybody. It's DeAndre Ayton. I will say this, Wolf, the one downside after I just talked about how great October is for sports. Yeah. I don't know if you can see the my monitor over here, but you just get random uh, pictures of clowns on your Twitter feed because it's, really? it's Halloween coming up. Oh, big, there we go. Apparently, HBO is tweeting out something about it. So I, I, I tell go you to right look now, at Twitter and I just get clowns. Stephen King totally stopped. Uh, just tapped into that thing right there. The whole it yeah. and the clown. Um, who's afraid of clowns? I mean, I don't like clowns. Go ahead and raise your hand right now. I don't like them at all. They don't bother me at all. Ever since I was a kid. Ever since I was a kid, man, seriously, I did not like clowns. Clowns are funny. I I still don't like them right now. Let me just, I'm going to take some. Seriously, I don't like clowns to a point where I'll stare at a clown. (laughs) I'll stare at a clown. probably don't like you. Yeah, I'm just saying. Dude, I seriously, what are you doing? (laughs) Walking around with that nose? Stop it. It's, you know, remember when Vince lost? I don't remember what that bet was, but uh, they had a clown follow him around the station for like <laughs> three three hours, remember? Right. It's a phobia. There's a lot of people out there don't like oh. clowns. I'm one of them. Well, they're everywhere now. Uh, okay, Wolf. I'm not going to try and explain what this is. I'm going to let uh, Devin Booker explain it, but just get ready for the phrase habit stamina because this this appears to be the uh, the buzzword. Buzzwords. For the Phoenix Suns here Habit coming out of camp. Stamina. Habit stamina. Okay, that's kind of different. It sounds, it? It sounds like a like an online like life coaching Habit or something. Stamina. Habit stamina. All right, so this uh, I'm going to start with Monty Williams. Okay. Yesterday, Good just place. talking about uh, just habits in general with his team. Uh, there were some good things for sure. Uh, the third quarter defense was a lot better uh, to start the game. In particular, the end of the first quarter and into the second quarter, the habits were inconsistent. Transition defense, fouling jump shooters, that's something that we just don't do. Uh, The ability to get smalls off of a big. Uh, When Chris and Cam are down there, we we typically get those guys out of those situations. So that's why camp for me is until you finish your fourth preseason game. You know, that's that's where we are right now. Just 
trying to have great habit stamina so that we can go into the season with a great base and keep building. There it is right there. He said it right at the end. That's like in a song where they say the title like in the middle of the song or in the movie when they yeah. say they actually say the title and everybody's like, oh, they said the title. Yeah. He just said habit stamina right there. Uh, Suns played Lakers tonight, by the way, in Vegas, so we can stop talking about the Adelaide 36ers. Okay, that's good. Boy, that's Finally. good. Finally, I know. But habit stamina. That is new from Monty Williams, is it not? I have not heard this before. It is not one of his pillars. It may be becoming like a new pillar. I don't know how many pillars you can have. It's one of the things, though, he is talking about to his team. Uh Interesting. We haven't heard that that phrase before, habit stamina. And now, all of a sudden, we're hearing a lot of it. Devin Booker, as a matter of fact, commented on it yesterday. So, Devin, well, look at you throwing to this. Well, look at me. I'm (laughs) teeing it up for you. Devin Booker was asked to explain this habit stamina concept. Just stressing the details. I think that's what a lot of a lot of it comes down to, you know, things that you might get by with in the regular season or training camp, and you know, sneak away with the win here, but might come and bite you in your ass later when it matters. So, you know, building those habits at, at all times, from any drill, from a shell drill to five on zero to you know a preseason game to a regular season game, on you know, just keeping it consistent and you know, holding ourselves to a standard and. And never going lower than that. Ah, now there's the definition of habit stamina. Because I, when I first heard the term coming from Monty, it was a little, I don't know, weird. I've never heard anyone say habit stamina. What does that specifically mean? And I think you just heard it right there well, from D-Boy. He, he summed it up pretty well right there. And, and Wolf, honestly, I, I love that for this team. If, if, that's, if that is, you know, whatever you want to call it, if that's the way they are approaching this season, that to me seems internally like there's some sort of acknowledgement or at least theory that part of what bit them against the Dallas Mavericks was over the course of 64 wins. Maybe they started, it's only natural, started to cut some corners, whether it was, you know, 45 minutes into a practice when you have 62 wins and you're just playing out the string. Maybe you're not going quite as hard on this one drill in practice. And I'm not saying that's why they lost to Dallas, but it certainly sounds like Monty thinks there's something to it and his players are buying in of here's something we can change this year where we're just so dialed in it's going to take an amazing effort to beat us because that was the most frustrating thing last year it really didn't take an amazing effort by Dallas yeah. to beat them yeah it really know, didn't yeah no the Suns really beat themselves yeah fell apart and it was game six as well that they did that not just game seven it was game six as well let me have it stamina right here and, and listening to Devin Booker and him defining it the way that he did all I thought of is you play like you practice and you practice like you play Vince Lombardi once said winning is not a sometime thing it's an all the time thing you don't win once in a while you don't do things right once in a while you do them right all the time winning is habit Habit stamina. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I, I like it. It's different. The habit stamina. I've never heard that expression before. I had neither. Um, it sounds like a tool which album. Is, which I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like a 17 minute song. That is so nailed. You've got it right there. It is. That is a, that is a tool album right there. Habit stamina. Um, it is one of the things that, uh, Hank Aaron said consistency is what counts. You have to do things over and over again. 
this this is something that you you've got to have the stamina to create great habits and your habits are going to say and define who you are as an individual and who you are as a team they will over the course of an 82 game season and then the postseason which is a season unto itself it will define who you are and reveal who you are anything you can do to build consistency especially when you are as talented as the phoenix suns are when you can build that consistent we're going to be at our very best whatever that is there's there's a certain amount of things you can't control right if a guy gets hurt in the playoffs you can't control that but that really was what stung maybe the most coming out of that series last year and and i hope it changes for the suns this year of if you're going to take us out you better play out of your mind like you're gonna have to come take it from us and last year the like as frustrating as losing the the Bucks in the finals was, Giannis played out of his mind. Yeah, we could all kind of write that off. It yep. doesn't make it sting any less, but you could at least explain it. Yeah, Luca played out of his mind to a certain extent in that series, but the Suns didn't. They didn't. They just didn't look like the Suns. So if habit, stamina, or however they want to phrase it, is going to get the Phoenix Suns to be playing their best basketball in April and May and June, then I'm in. I'm 100% in. Whether that means you win the whole title or not, at least be playing your best basketball when it counts. Love it, man. Uh, All right. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. Who are the top five teams in the NFL heading into week five? We're going to give you our power poll next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Who is the best in the NFL? Wolf and Luke's NFL Power 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 Brought to you by IBEW Local 640, the best electricians in the world. All right, it is time for the Wolf and Luke Power Poll Week 5 edition. Going into Week 5 edition. Wolf, go. are you ready? You want to you you start or do you want, you want to defer? No, you know what? I will defer to the second half. All right, so uh, number 5. Number 5. Wow, <laughs> that's so loud in my headset. I can't hear anything anymore. Just just a nice little ringing. Uh, number five, Wolf, I am... I really don't want to put this team here, but I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Tampa. I feel, oh. I feel weird not having Brady in the top five. I feel like that team, when fully healthy, can do some damage, and I have this growing concern that they may just kind of walk, not walk, but kind of be the team that comes out of the NFC this year because there isn't a truly great team. Yeah. So I have him at number five, but as usual, number five was the toughest pick on this entire yeah, list. Yeah, it, it really was, and um, you know, by the pricking of my thumb, something wicked this way comes. I, I don't feel very good for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, something has been a mess for the most part, their defense is very, very good. I just wonder about Tom Brady and where it's all headed with him in his personal life. He doesn't look like Tom Brady from time to time, and that would be really concerning to me if I was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan. Um, I am not, and because of that, I'm going to say the Miami Dolphins at 3-1 and one right now. Surprise! Um, better than what I expected. And Mike McDaniel's doing a great job down there. So the only reason I don't have Miami on my list is because we don't know when they're going to have Tua again. 
but uh, but it is hard to argue with what they've done. They've beaten Buffalo. They there's a pretty good chance they'd be four and zero if Tua didn't get hurt. So yeah, can't argue with that pick. All right, number four. Number four. four. Number four. Wolf. This team has not been flashy. They struggled to beat Bailey Zappi on Sunday. Yeah. But Green Bay is 3-1, and one, and historically they tend to get better as the season goes on. I like their running back tandem, obviously. I, those two complement each other fantastically, Aaron Jones and uh, and, and Dylan. Um, I like their defense, and I do think the receiving core will get better as the season goes, and obviously Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, so I have Green Bay at number four. Yeah, Green Bay as well. I've got them number four. Aaron Rodgers, everybody. Just say it out loud. Aaron Rodgers got them number four. Um, They run the ball first. They attack the line of scrimmage. You're talking about one of the best play-action quarterbacks in the National Football League. Second only to Tom Brady himself in his mechanics, I would say. Aaron Rodgers, um, this defense is scrappy and will get after you. Maybe the best defense Aaron Rodgers has had in the last five, six years. And because of that, um, yeah, I'm going to put the Packers at 3-1, and one, number four. All right, so we both have the same number four. Number three. Number three. Three. All right, number three, I get it. I understand that they are undefeated. Oh, no. But I still think Philadelphia. I have Philadelphia at three. I have them as the highest NFC team, but I still have two other teams ahead of them. So I'm going to have the Eagles at number three. Yes, so am I. (laughs) I think we're headed for the same conclusion here with the power pull. But, hey, listen, it happens from time to time. The Philadelphia Eagles. At four and zero, okay. I'm, I'm taking it a, a a day at a time in terms of the Philadelphia Eagles and digging my heels in and saying, "Prove it." I'm forcing them to prove it. I get it. Jalen Hurts, a four game sample size. This offense and what they've accomplished, the way they're able to run the ball and throw the ball, and this defense getting after opposing quarterbacks. There's no doubt about it, man. They look really, really good. I just don't know if I buy their 4-0 start right now. Well, I mean, there's no shame in being number three in the power pool. And obviously this is a very highly uh, prestigious honor to even be in the top five. I'm sure they're probably talking about it in their locker room right now. So prestigious. But uh, it's not even a you have to prove it. I mean, the other two teams ahead of them are just better. (laughs) So I have Philadelphia at at number three. On to number two. Number two. All right, number two, I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Wolf, I don't think I have to explain why I have the Chiefs there. They have not looked as dominant as you would like other than week one when I didn't like it. But it's Patrick Mahomes when the game is close late. I assume they're going to win unless they are running fake field goals and uh, missing extra points like they did against the Colts. Yeah, I'm also going to say the Kansas City Chiefs at number two right now, three and one. Um, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, and their defense is actually a little bit better, a little bit scrappier than what I thought they were going to be. And I think they're capable of actually winning some games this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. In the past, that has been a long shot, something I really haven't thought about. The Chiefs were so dominant offensively with Tyreek Hill. I don't think that's going to necessarily be the case. There's going to be some games where they're going to need their defense to step up and actually ball out. And I think they're capable of doing that, unlike years past. So because of that, I'm going to put the Chiefs 
number two at three and one. All right, Wolf, well, let's see if we have the same number one team. Number one. Numero uno. Unbelievable. I mean, they just beat Baltimore. If they weren't so beat up against Miami, there's a decent chance Buffalo would be 4-0. They're 3-1. and one. I, until, until this team stacks a few losses, I can just tell you right now they're going to be number one on my list all season. Yeah. Unless, like, Josh Allen is hurt okay. or something. Um, Luke has obviously jumped off an RV onto a table. <laughs> Outside the stadium. That might be happening in Glendale um, in February. Bill's Mafia is definitely... Imagine Bill's fans and Eagles fans descending <laughs> on the valley in February. Hey, wait a minute, dog. You're not going to talk about Bill's fans no, but they are. being in the same category no, no. As, as Eagle fans. Very different, but very noticeable. Eagles fans will be angry about everything. Bill's fans will be jumping through folding <laughs> tables in the parking lot at State Farm Yeah, State. no, you're right about that, but there'll be a big grin on their face. Yeah, no, they'll be the happy yeah, fans. And, and they're slapping each other on the back, not in the face, the way Eagles fans do. But Okay, but that just dichotomy of, of fan bases. Uh, did I use that word right? Yeah. Oh, nice. I okay. So, yeah. Yeah, Juxtaposition, even. Uh, well, there you go. Look at you. Just boom. Yeah, I figured if I keep using big the words, one of them will be right. of it all. It's beautiful. The, uh, yeah, this habit stamina. It's kind of like this show. It's what, dichotomous. What's your reason for having Buffalo number one? <sighs> they're they're good, man. I'm looking at the Buffalo Bills, my beloved Buffalo Bills from Orchard Park, of course. And I, I just don't see a weakness with this team right now. Their defense is really, really good. Um, they can run it if they need to. The Buffalo Bills can basically be whatever they need to be to beat you offensively and defensively. And because of that, man, I'm going to keep them number one right now. They do have a loss. They they can be beat. Everybody in the NFL can be beat. But, man, over the course of a season, this is... This is as good as it gets right now. The Buffalo Bills, number one. What did you just say to describe them? They can be whatever they need to be to beat you? Yes. That sounds very Belichickian. Well, that's exactly what it is. Let me also just point this out for football fans everywhere. Okay, the Bills, all right, hosting the Steelers this week. Okay, so we can ask Max about that when he joins us in a little bit. Yeah. Next week, in Kansas City. Oof. Yeah. So just go ahead and get ready for week six. Wow, Bills, Chiefs for boy, October, yeah. too. Here it is, baby! Are you kidding me? It doesn't get any better in the basin. And to be watching that game would be pretty awesome in October. Uh, All right, we come back. Do Monty Williams, DeAndre Ayton still need to air anything out? I can tell you the head coach doesn't necessarily think they do. We'll explain that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. We are two weeks away exactly. Boy, that'll get your attention right there, too. I love that. I love the fact they opened with with the uh, Dallas Mavericks. Are you kidding me right now? That'll focus your attention. It will. And it will focus even the most hardcore dudes that are inside that locker room, like a smoldering Devin Booker and Chris Paul as well. And if it doesn't, Ask yourself why why that's the case. I need to get to that game. I think the way when last season ended, I honestly think because for some reason I stayed till the bitter end of that game, game seven, 
And I think at the very end, it was me, Dave Burns, and Lil Wayne were the only people left. And Dirk Nowitzki running around on the floor, which I didn't. Vihabaviz. <laughs> Uh, this is Monty Williams. Yesterday, I can't wait to hear his answer to this. Somebody said, hey, you got to talk to a DA yet? I coach DeAndre every day in practice, and I've already said this. I'm not going to keep talking about every time I sit down and talk with somebody. I'm not going to address it or, or you know, make a, a statement about it. I coach him hard every day in practice. You see he's here getting his work in. Like, that's what we expect of our guys. And talking about whether or not I talk to a guy, I think it's kind of senseless. <laughs> I figured it was going to go down that path. I don't know who asked the so, question. You know I give you a ton of credit for asking it, knowing that was going to be his answer. Yeah, so, Monty, we're going to take that as a no. <laughs> Well, here's the follow-up. Okay, I know you haven't talked, but do you still need to air anything out? We don't need to air anything out. That's, that's my point. I'm not going to keep addressing that. It's like he's the player, I'm the coach, just like with Book and Chris and Mikhail. DA gets his work in every day. He's at 22 and 12 in 20 minutes. Like, those are the kinds of things that we expect from him. I don't need to sit down and talk to him about it. He's so right about that right now. The player-coach relationship is alive and well, apparently, because, you know what, sometimes you're not going to like your head coach. And I'm not saying that's the case with DeAndre Ayton. I don't know. I have no idea. But I can tell you right now, I didn't like Rich Brooks at all. Did not get along with Rich Brooks at all. Walked around some tough guy. Knock it off, Rich. Okay, wait a minute. All right, you're not Rich, so I should stop <laughs> looking you look at, at you me like that. Rich. At least right. call Rick Rich. <laughs> you're not Rich. He's not sitting here, Ron. Relax. I'm just saying, you don't have to have it, man. Do your job. How about that? Isn't that right, Bill Belichick? Do your job. Do you know? Do you know how many guys when I showed up in Cleveland in 1992 liked Bill Belichick in that locker room? Oh my uh. goodness. I think there were two, and one of them wasn't even playing. (laughs) Okay, there were two guys, I think, that actually liked Bill Belichick inside that locker room. Just go do your job. What year was this? How many guys? Yeah, but 92. But here's the other thing. Was Tom Brady on that team? Or no? no? Okay. No, of course Tom no, Brady was not on that I mean, team. Okay, he's been but, playing for forty-seven well, years. Right, of course. But it's the Patriots. Yeah. I was playing for the Cleveland okay. Browns at the time. Can I just tell you that I've been told by people that I trust there's been a lot of Patriots inside that. I'm talking about good football players who didn't like Bill either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to. I think with Bill now, he's got all these Super Bowl rings. I think there's a certain level of you go in and either you're a Belichick-type player and you're going to like it, or you're going in and you're saying, I may not like this, but I'm probably going to come out of it with a Super Bowl ring. Now, I know that's changed the last couple of years, but for basically two decades... There's always going to be exceptions, though. There well, always is going to be exceptions. You're never going to get... You're going to have some good players that just will not get along with a coach, period. And maybe, and I say this because I have no idea... We'll all have a front row seat, but I have no idea. Maybe this is going to be the dynamic between D.A. and Monty Williams. So I thought Eddie Johnson was on with Bickley and Murata this morning, and he gave some really good answers. They, he doesn't – I don't have the cut here where he's talking about um, – <laughs> he said at one point he didn't even talk to his own 
kid, Eddie, about basketball. <laughs> Sounds like Eddie. He said he talked about other stuff, but about basketball. <laughs> right. He didn't talk to him for, like, I think he said, like a month or two. And then one day he saw his kid out there working on the stuff he had been telling him to work on that he wasn't previously working on. And he's like, all right. You know, on some level, I got through to him. But he had other stories uh, talking about specifically with uh, with D.A. He sounds a lot like Monty here saying, okay, who cares if D.A. and Monty talk? They talk. Well, people funny. I mean, you think Monty Williams is going to whole practice and he's not even saying his name? <laughs> Come on. They talk. I mean, look, I, I don't care. Listen, I, would I like to have a coach have a conversation with me? Yeah. But if he doesn't, I don't care. As long as he's giving me my minutes. As long right. as he's giving me my touches. As long as you give me my minutes. That's such an I'm Eddie Johnson so, answer. He's so right, though. No, Eddie was right on fire on it, this man. morning. Eddie's on, he's on this thing, man. Look, uh, of course you'd like that. Of course you'd want that. I, I, you, you would always choose having a great relationship with your coach, regardless of the level you're doing this at. But guess what? That's just Disneyland. It doesn't happen all the time. Do your job and shut it. All right, let me throw this idea out there, just as a theory, okay? Because we talked last week, maybe Monty's doing this you know, on purpose, and it sounds like he is, you know, and, and you know, for whatever reason, he has his reasons. Uh, but, but the thought has been for the last week, and I think maybe it's partially how DA framed it when he, when he first talked at Media Day, and he's like, yeah, he doesn't, we don't talk. <laughs> like, he sounded yeah. so just upset about it. I think the initial reaction a lot of us have was, okay, you know, for some reason, Monty is singling DA out, and maybe he's, you know, saying it's going to be different this year. What if, and I'm just basing this on the fact that Monty keeps bringing up, yeah, you know, I talked to all the guys the same way. Maybe it's not singling DA out. Maybe it's we've been singling you out and coddling you. That's done now. You got $133 million. Maybe you're getting treated like Devin Booker and Cam Johnson and Chris Paul. You're all going to get treated the same. We're not going to fire you up specifically separately, DA. Maybe it's that. Well, maybe you're right. Um, Can I tell you that I'm stunned still? I'm stunned that we're at this point. Monty Williams is a guy that, again, think of the culture last year and how strong this culture was, the fabric of the Phoenix Suns and how strong it was. And I would say that James Jones and Monty Williams were largely responsible for building that kind of culture as well. Now, once again, You've got to have that idea, but the the practicality of that idea has got to be modeled by everyone else in the locker room, especially your best players like Chris Paul, like Devin Booker, guys that have got to walk around and show everybody else this is how we do things around here. So I'm still shocked that Monty Williams did not sit down and have a conversation with DeAndre Ayton about how it ended last year and where they need to go and did not even congratulate him over the course of the off. I'm still shocked by all of this. Yet, I think the more and more I hear, the more and more I believe this is orchestrated. Well, and that's that's why it doesn't bother me as much now, is if it's intentional, if it's something Monty is specifically doing. Now, I don't know why you couldn't talk to him in the offseason and be like, hey, let's, let's make sure we bury last year. Even if Monty has buried last year, if DA hasn't, 
I'd like to bury last year. And then, but yeah, when you get to camp, you absolutely could implement, if that's what this is, this whole, okay, look, man, we've treated you we've, we with kid gloves for the last four years at times, probably not all the time, but at times, that changes now. You just got paid like a max player. You get traded the same as everybody else on this team. If that's what, what Monty's trying to do, and it does seem like that's what he's saying every time anybody asks him a question, he's like, I talk to everybody the same way. It seems like he's almost making that point. You know what? I trust Monty Williams in situations like this. I don't understand why you don't talk to him in the offseason. I don't understand why you wouldn't start this now. I'm or still shocked week. by that. But but Monty Williams is a pretty good coach. And, and you know, you, you have said this a few times, Wolf. And, and I said this last week. It's so out of character for him that it must be on purpose. Yes, correct. Uh, one more from Eddie Johnson. Uh, eventually, we'll get over it. I mean, and Monty is approaching it like that. He's like, look. Mm-hmm. Just, I'm, I want maturity. I want you focused. And you know what? Maybe Monty in his way is sent to the message to him that made him engaged. And he looked engaged. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times players play mad. I know I had my best games when I thought that I was out of line with a coach or we weren't on the same accord. And, and I wanted to prove to him. It's almost like a parent. How long have we been saying we want to see D.A. play mad? Now, yeah. I don't know that, that if he's frustrated with his coach, you can sustain that for 82 games plus playoffs. But this, to me, seems like an attempt to sort of rewire how he's approaching some of these games. I got so much more that I want to say about this, but I just got the break from Maloney. <laughs> you did. You looked like you were about to like give us the meaning of life, and Maloney stepped in and was like, break. I just want to say this. It's time for DeAndre Ayton to step into the disappointments room. No, we're That's all that I'm back. saying. Uh, all right, we come back. Should the Cardinals adopt the Marshawn Lynch mentality? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.